I think the word we use to describe what we do has a huge impact on shifting our mindsets from that of being machines that need to be oiled up so that we can produce this and that publication to that of being thinkers, writers, analysts, teachers, and scholars. Scholars Unbound is a bi-monthly podcast or video series that showcases the voices of scholars who know no boundaries when it comes to the pursuit of knowledge. You will hear insights from their experiences as international scholars and how these influence their research, hoping to inspire future scholars to be fearless, global, and unbound. I'm your host, Dalia Simangan. A couple of months ago, I found myself binging on YouTube videos about productivity to the point that I bought a new iPad and downloaded some of the popular productivity apps thinking that it would boost my productivity and time management. I haven't fully integrated these apps into my working style, so I don't know yet how effective these apps are when it comes to productivity, especially in terms of academic or research writing. But then I thought, why do I even need this productivity apps in the first place? Am I not productive enough? And what is being productive anyway? So there's this one hack I tried from a YouTuber. I love listening to podcasts, especially when cycling or walking. And the hack was to listen to podcasts at a faster speed so you could listen to more podcasts, meaning more information. At first, I thought, hey, this is genius. Why I never thought about this before? So I started listening to podcasts at double the speed. And as you could imagine, some of my favorite podcasters started sounding like chipmunks. Chipmunks talking about free will, talking about Jürgen Habermas, talking about confidence and public speaking simply didn't work for me. Yes, I can hear them and I can comprehend the information, but I don't get to really take it in, to fully understand it, to appreciate the source, the speaker, or even the technical sound editing of that information. So I dialed it down to 1.5 speed. Although the chipmunk slowed down a little bit, the podcast still sounded so unnatural. It took away the pauses, which I feel are important breaks in between ideas. The breaks that make me feel as if I'm pausing and conversing with the person behind the podcast. But when I'm listening to a faster speed, I get tired as if I'm running after the person behind the podcast. This hack didn't work for me. Of course, it might have worked for other people with different contexts and goals, but this one was really not for me. It might have given me more listening hours, but it took away the reason why I started listening to podcasts in the first place. I'd rather listen to one episode as I cycle or walk to my work, an episode that I will remember sharing with my friends and colleagues, an episode that will inform how I think, instead of two or three episodes of information that don't make an impact on me, amazing as they are, don't get me wrong, but to take in information just for the sake of taking in information, or for the sake of taking that extra mile, or for the sake of getting ahead of myself and everybody else, are just information. 
Now, what am I going to do with this information is a different thing. Toxic productivity seems to be unconcerned with that, or at least not its focus. For me, toxic productivity ended up being counterproductive. According to a HuffPost article, which I will link in the show notes, toxic productivity may be somehow similar to the term workaholism, but it's a little bit different. Likely it's because it's even more problematic. I quote, Toxic productivity is the unhealthy desire to be productive at all times, at all costs. It's the need to go the extra mile at work or at home, even when it's not expected of you. End quote. And because it's a constant desire, work is never complete. Because once a work or a task or a deadline is done, toxic productivity makes you feel guilty, inadequate unproductive. If you are not doing more than the work itself, more than what is required. Going this extra mile, I don't think that's completely wrong. It's like doing 11 reps instead of just 10. If you can do one more, then why not? Especially if it makes your body stronger and healthier. But this mindset or lifestyle of toxic productivity has different implications for different settings. It also depends on the goals of productivity, on our individual goals. Why are we doing what we're doing? Sometimes we answer this by identifying the goal or the destination of what we're doing, basically answering what's the point. In academia, where the currency is publications and prestige is attached to grants acquired, Maybe the goal for most of us is to have such and such number of publications or grant money by such and such time. And to produce knowledge, of course, is integral to being an academic. That's why we spend years on a single topic or a single question, because the answer to that question is knowledge that must be shared. But the culture of publish or perish seem to have forgotten the second part of the equation, the part of sharing. We produce or publish a paper. It gets indexed, it gets counted for our promotion, and that's it, at least for most of these papers. The part that we are publishing because we are sharing knowledge somehow fell through the cracks of the business model that has permeated many aspects of academia. Take this, for example, a book chapter that you spend the same amount of time researching and writing won't get counted in all these superficial metrics because it doesn't have an impact factor, because the peer review is not as rigorous as many claim. And even your book published in a commercial press won't have the same weight in your CV as a book with a university press attached to it. It's either we need to change our metrics, or we need to have a uniform standard across all platforms, or we simply overhaul this publication culture. But it's not that simple. The path dependencies in academia are too strong to disrupt, and individuals like myself are simply left with no choice but to feed and reinforce this path dependencies to advance our career. So the result, a culture of toxic productivity. 
And this culture disenfranchises those who don't have the extra time to work one hour more in a day, or attend one more conference in a semester, or write one more paper in a year. It disenfranchises disciplines with lengthy methodology, those who take years to gather data to publish their findings in a single paper. It disenfranchises those whose knowledge platforms are not limited to journals, but also to policy circles, to community outreach, to skills building. The culture of productivity in academia disenfranchises creativity. In episode 18, I talk about why I prefer the word management over balance. I learned that from one of Kathy Mazak's podcast episodes, which I will again link in the show notes. And in that episode, she also talked about the difference between productivity and creativity. For Kathy, productivity, and I quote, sounds like we are robots in a factory on an assembly line producing products, end quote. I actually feel the same, especially when I was watching this productivity videos and hacks. Instead of productivity, I agree with Kathy that creativity is a much better word. It seems meaningless to justify this choice of words, but I think the word we use to describe what we do has a huge impact on shifting our mindsets from that of being machines that need to be oiled up, as Kathy described, so that we can produce this and that publication and be the model workers of this publishing factory, to that of being thinkers, writers, analysts, teachers, and scholars. That shift from being producers to that of being creators. In productivity, we simply produce to feed the business model, and sometimes we produce things we are not particularly proud of because we are simply told to, even though we are not really knowledgeable or passionate about it. I'm sure not everyone will agree with me, and that's fine. I can speak for myself here. I completely understand the importance for our career of meeting this quite limiting instead of enriching standards. Producing something I am not proud of is not really motivating. It doesn't inspire me to continue my work. But in creativity, we are not simply writing to publish. We are not writing even though what we write doesn't align with our values. But we are writing and publishing because we created knowledge that is worth sharing. I also think that this shift in mindset from productivity to creativity also changes our practices and our relationship with our writing. It stops us from relying on short-term hacks, but instead it reminds us to align our work with the values we cherish the most. It keeps us grounded on our academic mission or academic goals, not in terms of numbers or impact factor, but in terms of knowledge value and social impact. Listeners, I invite you to not just produce publications for the system, but more importantly, to create knowledge valuable to yourselves and to your societies. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
please consider leaving a comment or rating at iTunes or any of your preferred podcast hosting platforms. For details about upcoming episodes and how to support the Scholars Unbound project, visit daliasimangon.com slash scholarsunbound with the link in our show notes.